0: relax. This is TOEFOP. I'm Charlie Clawson.
1: I'm Will Anderson. Hello, and thank you for watching.
0: And uh, this is, uh, it's, it, for us, it's, a, it's like a two-parter. We, we did one late last night. I went to bed. I woke up. The first thing I'm doing is a TOEFOP. <laughs> so uh, I think this is the first time for us. I don't know we've ever done a TOEFOP like this, where one of us has just had a break to go to sleep <laughs> and then woken up and gone back into TOEFOP again.
1: Whereas I've had a full day. Like so, for me, I got up early to do tofu this morning, oh. and since then, I have. What have I done today? I'll run you through what I've done today. Okay, I went. I went down to uh, uh, Bunnings because I needed to get some. Uh, like it's Sunday here, and the weather was nice, and so I wanted to do some gardening, and I needed some stuff to do some gardening. So I went down to Bunnings, and then I uh, walked to Bondi and got a cup of coffee. Yeah, I walked from the Bunnings because. Uh, um, I knew that I wouldn't be able to park in Bondi because it was Sunday and it was sunny in Sydney, <laughs> so I was correct. I was like, park about you know fifteen minutes walk from Bondi and walk into Bondi. That was the best best thing to do. So I went and got a cup of coffee and then uh, I took uh, Ramona, who is in my lap for a, for a walk, and then my friend Stu, who is a brilliant photographer. Um, He uh, works with an incredible charity actually called Addison House and they um, put together these Christmas hampers. So there's a thousand of them and they go to families that obviously for a lot of them it's the only Christmas present they have or the only sort of food that they have for Christmas. And so he came over to get me to shoot some sort of like content to just like plug that and get people to donate. So spent the afternoon doing that with him and then I went in and did uh, the project. Uh, which is an Australian TV show. I, I, like So I went in and plugged my book because my book comes out on Tuesday when we're recording this and uh, then I drove home uh, to do this again. So you've slept in between <laughs> and I've done like a million different things. <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, I barely slept. So we're, we're staying with a friend uh, in London, and um, she's very kindly given us her uh, master bedroom, which, if you've ever stayed in a London flat, is. Mm. Uh, uh, it's master is been <laughs> <laughs> And so uh, it's the three of us. It's me, Gem, and Iona all sleeping in yeah. a double bed. And um, I was going to say, uh, it's
1: you, Gem, and your friend all sleeping in the master bed, yeah. and Iona gets her own room. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, and Iona has this. Um, uh, uh, she doesn't sleep – like I don't know if, if you were to look at it from a bird's eye view, she doesn't sleep um, vertically down the bed. Like she doesn't sleep parallel to the sides of the bed. She sleeps oh, yeah. diagonally across the oh, bed. Across. So it's – Yeah. Yeah, so across. So I wake up at, at some point with a foot or a fist or something in my face every morning. <laughs> uh, so that was mine. I actually woke up early. And was like, okay, um, I'm just going to get up and go for a bit of a walk. And thank God, Will, it is raining and it's cold in London. I've never been oh, so thank relieved. Thank
1: London's <laughs> back, baby. It's hot, oh, it was it's awesome. It's hot and sunny in Australia. And it's cold and wet in London. <laughs> and this is the great thing. For us, it's only been like 12 hours or whatever since we spoke to each other. And yet things are back to normal. Everything's returned yeah. to how it should be.
0: <laughs> that 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 that's. What I, was, I was hoping to open Twitter and find out Elon Musk has quit. He decided after like cracking some gags that it wasn't working for him and he's handed it back over. Did you read? And I'm not sure if this is like you know fake news. Maybe Mike, if you want to fact check this or not. So Jack Dorsey, after selling Twitter, has started beta testing a new social media platform called Aqua Blue or. Sky Blue or, or something like, like this. More like bloody
1: cuck testing, if you know what I'm saying. Absolute beta <laughs> testing, the bloody beta cuck that he is because bloody Elon Musk is the man, mate. He is a bloody alpha and he's going to let all the bloody – this is good topical material, by the way, because by the time people hear this, yeah. like Twitter <laughs> might not launched.
0: exist anymore. <laughs> yeah, but that's but that's what I'm thinking. It feels like someone has like been driving this car, like the, the, this Audi, you know, that was like ten years ago. It was a great car, but it's ma- been making this weird rattle. And some dickhead with too much money who wants to impress his girlfriend and his mates is willing to pay four times what it's worth. And you're yeah. like, that's great. I'm uh I'm I'm switching to a hybrid car. <laughs> we've got we got a more
1: efficiently, We've got to sell this house before they get a pest inspection because there are termites riddled through this entire place.
0: Uh, and speaking of stuff I found online, Will, I found this article. I'm not sure if you saw this headline during the week. This is a – it was topical when we were recording this. Yes. And it'll be a month old by the time people hear this. The headline is, world's dirtiest man dies after taking a
1: bath. Oh, yeah, I saw this headline. And then I didn't click on the article because I was – okay, anyway, you're, I assume you're going to run me through the world still. Oh, yeah, I'm going to run you through yes. it.
0: I'm going to run you through this. And I thought there was an interesting topic to present to you because you are someone who famously doesn't like smelly things or bad smells or anything gross. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, here's what I will say. My standards for what smelly and gross is did change considerably during COVID when you're not seeing anybody else anymore and, you know – that sort of situational depression sit in that some days you're just like, I'm not going to have a shower today. Why will I bother having a shower today? Because I'm going to like, and living on a, like a farm on a property where there's like more things that will make you dirty and like, you know, um, like a bit more smelly. I think that I am, I am not the man in so many different ways that I was before before COVID, but
0: I would go back even further than that. When I first met you, before you owned dogs, you were extre- You were like you were like Felix from uh, the odd you know the Odd Couple. You were just like I don't like smelly things. I don't like things that sniff my crotch. I don't like anything <laughs> gross and weird. I don't like things and that sl- bark.
1: I don't, or don't like that you that like, dogs. up <laughs> oh, Hang on, it's weird. Does it- do I hate dogs?
0: <laughs> yeah. But you were like dogs to you. When I first met you, I think dogs epitomized everything that you thought was gross and disgusting. They're slobbery, they're dirty, they stick their noses in places that they shouldn't go. There's like poo all the time. But you have since acclimatized. Your love of dogs, I think, has has eased you. That's been your soft launch for being a gross dude.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, I've spent like five weeks recently, you know, uh, going through my dog's first heat cycle you know her period with her like literally bleeding on everything in my house and i'm like yeah this is cool it's fine this is a totally natural thing i am absolutely fine with this and yeah if i flash back to 15 years ago and you told me i would be absolutely cool with that situation like even the other day i didn't have a a dog bag in public. Oh, this is how this is how the how <laughs> things have changed, right? <laughs> so I, I, I thought that I had a dog bag in my pocket, and I didn't. And so my dog did a poo, and I am a responsible person. Um, so I got my mask. I had a spare mask in my pocket. <laughs> yeah. And so the mask is actually pretty good for dog poo, right? Like it's got yeah. that sort of like you know yeah, scoop. was a. Na- There's a natural scoop and fold in the middle of it. You have to go, you know, change your mask over every few days anyway. So, like, this was a spare one that I had in my pocket and I was like, okay, this is great. I'm going to use the mask. But what I hadn't counted on was much like, you know, on Mexican night if you overload your taco, (laughs) there's going to be bits of the taco that spill out, (laughs) like, onto you. And there was bits of the taco that spilled, like that was about to spill out of the taco and I – Took my other hand and just finessed the taco God. filling back into the taco so that I could like go over and put
0: like the world's <laughs> grossest episode of Cake Boss. <laughs> you did the icing around the edge of your turd cake.
1: Yeah, and I, I was just like, I'll just go and wash my hands afterwards. So I made the choice to get dog poo on my hands because it was the responsible and easy thing to do. So yes, I, I do. I do believe that I am a different person to what I used to be.
0: A hundred percent. I I remember when um, Junior was around, if I had forgotten a dog bag, I also was like a responsible dog owner and felt terrible if I, if I didn't pick up the poo. I once tried to um, pick up a, a turd, and he wasn't um, as big as Toddy. I tried to pick up uh, like a Jack Russell's poo with a leaf. I tried to find the biggest leaf mm. I could find. <laughs> and like um, what are those um, – What are those things you get from, like, Asian restaurants where it's, like, they'll wrap a leaf, like, Like a vine leaf around
1: rice? Yeah, or something like that.
0: (laughs) But the structural integrity of the poo was not like if it had been like a dry right. bone poo, it would have been easy to Fine. pick up. But it was yeah. it like was a butting, too soft. Like a
1: budding sausage. You just whack it yeah, in a bit of bread and carry exactly. it away. But
0: it was not like that. It was like trying to pick up uh-huh. porridge. And yeah. so then I had to get a second <laughs> large leaf that I was holding underneath it. So I was like okay. trying to cradle the trying to cradle mm. this poo. But yeah, I think like and, and dogs I I'm Dogs are a good lead into having kids because then once you have a kid, it's that again. But, like, you know, at least with a dog, you know, you can take it to the park, like <laughs> pick it up <laughs> with a leaf or, a, or yeah. a mask. But there's none of that. I remember being on a flight with Iona when she was six months old. And um, uh, just before we started our, our descent, I was like, okay, I'll, I'll take her to the bathroom and um and get it changed and it was just like a complete poo explosion like she it was like just diarrhea and and everything and the plane was doing this and you're in that little kind of like airplane toilet bounce like a small than a phone booth and i'm trying to keep my baby stable on this little change table while trying to clean up the poo and then in the end i'm like I was trying to be neat about it, and then I'm like, what am I doing? Like, I've got to be like a mechanic. You know, a mechanic doesn't try and avoid getting grease on himself. He just goes in and he changes. So I just stuck my hands in, got everything done I needed to. But then- was like I can't let anyone else come into this. So I then spent the next five minutes, like, with a wet towel, going around the toilet, trying to find anywhere that my handprints had been or there was any evidence of what had gone on in this. What what horror had unfolded in this
1: airport? Well, you know what the thing is: there was pro- you were probably cleaning up other people's poo at that point. Oh my god! There was probably pre-existing <laughs> poo already on the walls of that airplane. Like, you know, this is the end of the flight. The shit that has gone – that's the like the cleaners probably came in and just went. Oh my god! This toilet has never been this clean at the end of the flight. This is amazing.
0: Did I ever tell you this story? And I'm sure this is probably like an early Tofup episode. But I I used to work at a pancake restaurant. There was a, a obscure chain of restaurants. I believe they started in Adelaide and they came to Melbourne briefly. But it was um, Birdie's. They're a pancake restaurant, like a rival to the Pancake Parlor, Birdie's Pancake Steak and Seafood. And um, I worked at the very first restaurant they opened in Melbourne, and I mean, there was a bunch of weird things that happened at this restaurant. I think it was open – the guys who opened the restaurant, they were either Scientologists or some other fringe kind of religious sect. Um, uh, They underpaid us hugely. Like I think I was making like (laughs) $5.30 an hour or something like that as like a 15-year-old dishwasher. Um, But I remember one day – part of my duties as the uh, kitchen hand was like you were sort of like a jack-of-all-trades cleaner as well. So you'd do the dishes and you'd mop the floors and then you'd have to go do like a a toilet check at the end of the night, mop the floors, all that kind of stuff. And I remember um, I was finishing early and one of the other guys, the other kitchen hands, was it's his job to go and do the toilets and he went in and he came running out and he was like, I can't can't go in there, I can't go in there. And I was like, "What's wrong?" And it's like someone's someone's done something fucking crazy in there, and I've gone in, and someone in one of the stalls, in what appeared to be like poo, had written "All you can eat." Because <laughs> Bernie's was like a buffet restaurant, so like, but it like had, but it was very legibly written. It wasn't like a, it didn't seem like an impulsive act. It looked like someone had taken their time. And pooed into their own hand, or maybe fished it out of the bowl, and very legibly wrote "all you can eat" on one of the stalls. <laughs> it was just like I remember the two of us being like, "Well, we, I mean, we I am more comforted,
1: for- but I am more comforted by the idea." I do think we've talked about this before, so I'll be, inter- but I can't remember what right. we talked about. So I'll be interested to see how this riff <laughs> matches the original riff. But what I'm going to say is that you say it looked premeditated. I can yeah. only hope it was premeditated, like. <laughs> If that was a crime of opportunity, if they've gone in there, they've got some shit on their hand and they've just gone, oh, well, I guess I might as well take advantage of the situation, that to me is more disturbing than the fact that somebody's gone in there on purpose to do it. Is there a chance that it's a commentary on the nature of all-you-can-eat restaurants, right?
0: Or or the quality of the food served <laughs> at this particular restaurant. Right. Like Maybe that's what it was. It's like all-you-can-eat, sure, but this is what it does. When you eat as much as you can, because I think Birdies had a um there was a chart, and if you ate the most pancakes, like you know. So I think the the, the record holder at that stage was twenty four pancakes in one sitting, by this guy called Vaklav Bartor.
1: <laughs> Vaklav <laughs> I still remember Bartor? his
0: name, Vaklav Bartor. Uh, he he came in and he ate twenty four pancakes in one sitting, and they were large pancakes. Like mm. this is no. Rowan Marshall, fourteen chicken nugget situation. This is like now, you know that, Barclav, that, that's a lot of
1: pancakes. Varklov Bartlaw, what's his name? Bartlaw.
0: Vaklov. V A K L A V, and his surname was B A T O R, and it stuck in my mind because I, I I wasn't there when Varklov Bartlaw ate the twenty four pancakes, but I was like, what a name, and it sounds like like it's checks out, right? Like if I told you a guy called Varklov Bartlaw ate twenty four pancakes in one sitting, you'd be like, oh yeah.
1: Well, I want to know. That's a very distinctive name. Can you spell it one more time? Because I'm going to get Mike to Google and see if he can track out any additional information on a Vaklav Bartor, because there can't be too many Vaklav Bartors getting around, right? It's not a common name, is it?
0: I don't know. I've never actually thought to, to search it. Um, V-A-K-L-A-V-B-A-A-T-O-R, Vaklav Bartor.
1: Okay, well let's uh, let's set Mike. He that was the little, Joey
0: Chestnut,
1: yeah. Because <laughs> I want to know was Bangkok he a professional eater? Like, was he the sort of guy who went around trying to? Because there's not a lot of that anymore, is there? Like places that have the. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't see it's a lot of a, places.
0: Every time I see a professional eater of some kind, I'm like, this is why terrorists attack the West. Like, this is <laughs> the most obscene. Like display oh, yeah. of gluttony and oh, yeah. waste of food. and, and I don't like want it's, this it's, food.
1: I'm doing it as a competition. I am I'm, eating a competition. This. I'm not even yeah. enjoying it. I'm not, no, not even doing it for sustenance. It's horrible.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like it makes – it radicalizes me. Every time I see an eating competition, I'm like, that is disgusting. It's a waste of everything.
1: <laughs> yeah. There are people starving and your competition is just eating as much food as you possibly can. We have Mike – on the mic, have you found any information about uh, Vaklav Bator, mate? No, nothing. Oh, I okay. can't see anything. He's amazing. No trace. I'll keep fishing, but nothing so far. Can you Google Vaklav Bator and pancakes? Have you tried that? Just in case, mm. <laughs> like mm. in the pancake world, they're still talking about Vaklav. <laughs> I really want to know what he's up to these days. Might be dead. Rest th- in peace. Nothing. No, nothing. Nothing. Okay. Do,
0: do, nothing. Do you think is it possible that it was a pseudonym in the same mm. way that yeah. like people when they go to trivia nights they they'll invent a name like because do you really want to be known as the guy who ate twenty four pancakes at Bertie's Pancake Steak and Seafood?
1: No, I mean I guess that's right. He, he's like this is something that I am not that proud of achieving. <laughs>
0: Mike, so just check, is Varklav a common name? Is Bartor a common name? Like, can we trace the lineage of where that even comes from? Like, is it a completely made-up name or is it like – because to me it sounds like Turkish or something like that. Are there other
1: Varklavs? Are we getting any other Varklavs? If you just put Varklav in, what comes up? Google wants me to change it to Varklav with a C. Are you getting oh. emotional? Is, there, is the search <laughs> <of our club>? <laughs> <laughs> Is there any chance that it was spelt with a with a C instead of a K? Absolutely,
0: or, Absolute, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. I'm 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 sure that could be the case. We're talking thirty years ago. My memory of this. I mean, but I've it,
1: got I, I, I've got a barclav barta b a r t a. Could that be barclav? Yeah, barta? yeah it could be.
0: I mean, it became a running joke amongst me and my friends, like uh, that became the descriptor for anyone who was greedy. We, you'd call him a Vaklav, like it sort of became, uh, you know, common usage amongst my friends and I. And then that, so I imagine it could have morphed and adapted. So that, that could be that. Who is, who is the Vaklav you you've discovered?
1: Vaklav Báta um, is a Czech singer, songwriter and actor. Um, uh, but he doesn't look like he's our guy unfortunately. He uh, represented the Czech Republic in the Eurovision Song Contest in 2015. <laughs> How many pancakes can he eat? Does it say? It doesn't does not it. say unfortunately. Uh Vaklav. Um there's a Vaklav Noydebata. Oh no, that's the same guy. Um so there's yeah, no, no.
0: Vaklav VAKLAV. That's a completely invented name.
1: No. Not that I'm seeing no Vaklov. Let's see if I if I just Google Vaklov. What am I getting? Okay. Uh oh, well there was Vaklov, of course. The demon from the TV show Charmed. Vaklov was a demon who used a camera to trap people in the Is that TV Marcus show Charmed.
0: Graham? Is that the one played by Marcus Graham? Australia's oh, own Marcus Graham. Really?
1: Uh, yeah, Marcus played by Graham William in- Snow. No, William oh, okay. Snow.
0: Was he the um, rapper who did Informer? <laughs>
1: <laughs> vaclav is also a character in World of Warcraft. There's a World of Warcraft okay. character called um, um And his
0: power-up is he can eat 24
1: pancakes in one sitting. Okay, I'm going to say vaclav and pancakes and just see what I get. Uh, Bucklava pancakes is what I got. <laughs> got a great recipe for baklava pancakes.
0: Okay, so Mike's found that the <laughs> name right. Vaklav spelt with a C, yeah. V-A-C-L-A-V, is a boy's name of Czech origin, meaning yes. more glory. Well, checks. Out. I mean, he did uh, literally checks out, nice bun. But he literally, uh, he was glorious. He, he, he ate the most pancakes at berry's Pancake Steak and Seafood. But to your point of whether or not it was a comment on uh, uh, on gluttony itself, because it did have a very seven, I mean, this would have predated the movie Seven by about four years, but it did feel like a serial killer uh, kind of motive, like scrawling something on the wa- on the scene of the crime, scrawling something on the wall. Yeah, it's the I you know what eat. you
1: did last summer. It's like yeah. I know I know what you ate, and this is the result of it.
0: Yeah, well, I was thinking more in seven. You know, gluttony doesn't he write gluttony on the wall? He's forced that guy to eat until he until his stomach bursts, and then he writes like gluttony on the wall in like entrails or something like that.
1: Have you ever? So are you, I've been to Sizzler. Have you ever dined at an all-you-can-eat restaurant, Sizzler aside? Did you ever dine at Sizzler? Does you would ho- dine at Sizzler, right? Yeah. Does,
0: well, does a hotel buffet count? Because they're all you can eat. No, doesn't okay, count. So a, a restaurant specifically designed yep, for- to be
1: all you can eat.
0: So what we went the Swagman. Let's bring out the big gun, Swagman Sizzler. Um, in Australia, that's about it, right? Do
1: we have any other? There used to be the um, all-you-can-eat Pizza Hut. It used to be like um, yeah. Pizza Hut used to do all-you-can-eat. Well,
0: I think Sizzler only came to Australia in the mid-90s because funnily enough, there was a Sizzler opened right next to Bertie's Pancake Steak and Seafood. That's what shut Bertie's down was yeah. we couldn't compete with Sizzler. <laughs> um, but I don't even know if I ever ate at it, but. I, I, yeah, to answer your question, yes, I've definitely eaten an all year eat restaurant, but I don't think I've done it since my teens. Because when you're a teenager, you can eat everything for hours. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't recall doing it apart from a hotel buffet. I mean, I literally was at a hotel buffet a week and a half ago. And my thing about hotel buffets is that I will overeat because I need to get my money's worth. Like I try and work out what it's cost me, and then I try and eat an equivalent amount plus like an extra fifty percent on top of that. Uh,
1: okay, so what sort? So there is an all-you-can-eat restaurant down the road from where I live, where I am in Sydney, and I drive past it regularly. It is a type of cuisine that I just cannot imagine suiting the all-you-can-eat. Format. What is the type of cuisine it is?
0: Ah, oh, um, okay. So it's not like seafood.
1: Well, I or... imagine that it does have seafood. Like, okay, the, so, is like of,
0: a, is, okay so is it like a? Okay, this of it food
1: re- includes seafood. Okay, all right.
0: Um, now is it sort of specific to like a region? Is it like, yes. a, like Mexican? Or, okay,
1: right. Correct. Yeah. Okay.
0: Okay. So it's a um. What, what, um, all you can eat, all you can Mm. eat Greek? No. Or you can um, seafood. Or you, you can eat Greek. It.
1: Makes sense to me. Like you know, a lot of like, like you'd have tapety. like spit meats, and like then you've got like dips yeah. and like breads. That to me, if it was like all you can eat Greek, I'd be like, yeah, okay, that sounds pretty fun. Yeah. I'll go to an all you can eat. Yeah, I'm gonna it's
0: pl- a lot of, lot of plattery type stuff. Yeah, and I'm A-platters gonna have four hundred dollars
1: like worth of saganaki, thank you, <laughs> at yeah, your yeah, all you can yeah, eat just, Greek restaurant. <laughs> just pile the halloumi
0: up this high, <laughs> as high um, as high as I can stand. So, no, um, not, not Greek.
1: That makes sense. I'd be fine with a Greek one.
0: Northern hemisphere or Southern hemisphere? Yep. Okay, I <laughs> no, Southern
1: hemisphere. Southern hemisphere. Oh,
0: Southern hemisphere. All, you can eat, um, all you can eat, all you can eat, all you can eat Caribbean, or you can eat Fijian, or you can eat. No,
1: not, something much more popular a cuisine than that. Like, not niche in oh, the way okay. that you're thinking. This is like. Oh, okay. This is a very popular cuisine, but it's normally served in small portions rather than like in an all-you-can-eat format. That's the thing that is fascinating about it to me. So it's not
0: tapas.
1: No. Small portions. But tapas is kind of a good clue, not that region, but that style of serving a food. You would often get it in small plates.
0: All you can eat appetizers. Can <laughs> oh, eat oh my
1: God. That would be my favorite <laughs> your, restaurant that's of your all dream. time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's basically a finger food restaurant. Where yeah. basically, oh nothing, nothing but starters. <laughs> I mean, if there was like a, like a dim sum so, re- style restaurant that was just like finger food, that would be like my yeah. favorite restaurant of all time. Is it all you can eat arancini balls? Oh, man. Again, that's a great <laughs> idea. But no, this is – no, think <laughs> – that to me feels like a good idea for a restaurant. This feels like a food that you don't think of as being. Because when you think all you can eat, you think of foods that can sit for a long time, that can be served in mass quantities, that aren't like, I mean, that's kind of what I think when it's like all you can eat big salad bars and yeah, things you can kind of like. Breakfast is good for all you can eat because you've got like cereals and just things that you yeah. can kind of leave this out. This is like for a limit you can like.
0: So it's a limited window of kind of being fresh or edible, right?
1: I mean, in my world, yes, I believe that is the case. Yes, like so it's one of those foods fact? that I always think that it would be best served fresh, or at least a lot of the aspects of the food would be best served fresh.
0: Um, all you can—I uh, don't know—just tell me, Japanese. It's all you can eat sushi. Ah, huh. no, that no, that makes sense to me. Like really? you see, like all like, you can like, eat yeah, yeah, sushi. I mean, Maybe not sashimi, but sushi. Yeah. Like sushi, will sit in the in the Bay Marie or the window of a of a sushi like restaurant all day. Like that's why at the oh. end of the day that they'll sell the sushi <laughs> half price.
1: Yeah, well, I guess so. But I I think maybe it's not even just the freshness thing that I'm worried about, but it's more the just it's all, it's all so often served in such small. Like I mean, you go to a sushi train or a sushi restaurant. It's all quite expensive, small dishes Mm. right Like, there's just something about how do you make the business model of an all you can eat sushi restaurant work like what are they serving up at the all because like at the sizzler you're making your money on the salad bar right like you're hoping people like fill up on the bread and the salad what are they doing at the all you can eat sushi restaurant to to cut down the price so that people can like eat all day
0: I reckon just they're putting in like if it's just sushi. So let's distinguish. So sushi is literally the rice and fish or chicken and rice rolls, right? That is what sushi is. Sashimi is the fish cut up into small pieces and then you sort of stretch off into the more. I love Japanese food. (laughs) But um, I would say that it's just that they're going to bulk it up with rice. It's probably going to be smaller amounts of the protein element, small amounts of fish and chicken and tofu and whatever, and larger amounts of rice. And I would say, because sometimes you can get like a a California roll or a sushi roll, and it's like this is like 95% rice. And also they're not hard to make. You can make them quickly. So you would just cater to the audience you have at the time. That's why like Sushi Train, they'll have like chefs in there all day just like making stuff to order but also filling up the Sushi Train. I don't think it's that unusual.
1: Really? Okay. Well, I've I've looked it up and I'm going to see if there's any uh, description about how it works. So, this specific uh, restaurant. Yeah, this specific restaurant. Apparently it's a chain. So, what do you think it costs then? What do you think you can eat for? Like what is your price that you, like if you go if you're going to an all you can eat sushi restaurant, what are you expecting to pay for your overall price?
0: Well, okay. So sushi is relatively inexpensive compared to other Japanese, especially like compared to other stuff on the menu. So sashimi tends to be the high priced item. I would say you can get a California roll for about four bucks, five bucks. And so I reckon the average man could probably eat like six of those. I reckon I'd calculate about I reckon thirty bucks, all you can eat.
1: Okay, all right. Well, there you go. So thirty nearly forty bucks a person, thirty-nine dollars eighty. Uh, as of the second of November, the price is going up slightly. So 40 bucks. Um now here's the terms and conditions. Minimum of two people. So you can't go by yourself. You have to um, go with somebody No Varklav bar, club bar tours.
0: <laughs> <laughs> allowed to, to climb that mountain solo.
1: Uh, uh okay you can get you can get in at five. Yeah. You have to be out by 730. <laughs> <laughs> I love
0: the idea that they had to make that a rule because some dude was just still munching away. It's like this dude's been here since midday. It's now nine thirty. Staffer into two hours overtime to <laughs> get rid of this guy. His name's right. Varklav. It sounds made up.
1: <laughs> okay. Oh, the menus here. Okay. Well, I, can, I can tell you oh, what. Great. You have. All right. So, um, oh man, they've got like. It's not just sushi rolls, so like it is like miso soup, shimai, Japanese menu. edamame, sushi and sashimi platters, sushi rolls, nigiri, agadashi tofu, like prawn gyoza, vegetable gyoza, vegetable spring rolls, chicken karage, like uh, eggplant that salad. Like, a like bargain, forty right? bucks. That's, that's that's just that's your,
0: real good value.
1: But that's your starters. Then it's got like mains, or you can eat mains. Teriyaki steak, miso steak, like teriyaki chicken. Oh, no. Like a lot of beef, prawn, chicken. You're not getting your salmon, right? So there is what, fresh fish in the entrees, though. So you can have that there. And then there's dessert. That's- Amazing value. That's amazing value. I definitely – I mean,
0: Ooh. now you've got me wondering how they can afford to do it. Yeah. Like when it was just sushi, I'm like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Like price is relatively inexpensive. Yeah. But this makes me think it's – there's something going on. i got to be there's, honest are, with you. The-
1: I am now I'm, – I'm going to go down and investigate, but I will have to find something to go with. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: I went to a, uh, a restaurant, um, a cafe in, in London a few days ago. I took Iona. There's this like kids – it's not like a museum. It's like a, a play area essentially, indoor play area, um, educational play area. And we got there when they were – they shut down for an hour for lunch and so we got there a bit too late. And so I had to find um, somewhere to take us for lunch and it was a fairly rough area. It's kind of in this industrial estate. And so I searched all the cafes and everything was like – sort of kebab shop or fish and chip takeaways. And then I found this one sort of cafe that was like this Ukrainian themed cafe. Well, not mm-hmm. themed, it was actually a Ukrainian cafe run by Ukrainians, Ukra- Ukrainian food. And so I went in there and I sat down and have you ever been in somewhere where you're like, I don't think that your advertised business is your main business. Yes. <laughs> like it just sort of felt like, like, so it was advertised as a cafe bar. Now, it might have just been primarily a bar and that's really where they made their money. But I also had the feeling that there was some other trade going on just from the clientele who was sort of coming in and out, the fact that no one seemed to be eating except for us. And so I looked at the menu and it was like mainly sort of, you, you know, Ukrainian sort of slash, you know, uh, Russian kind of foods, like a lot of dumplings and borscht and that kind of stuff. Um, and I thought, oh, I'll just be safe and I'll just stick to a, a chicken Caesar. Because, you know, chicken seeds is like four ingredients. It's like a bit of bacon, bit of crouton, chicken, lettuce, tomatoes, egg, easy. So I ordered uh, one of those and um, <laughs> it took ages to come out because I think they're like, fuck, this is the first guy's ever oh, ordered food go before. We've got to go to Aldi's.
1: We've got to go down the road, actually buy the yeah. ingredients. <laughs>
0: And so this bowl arrives and I'm not kidding, it was an entire iceberg lettuce like chopped into, like shredded Uh with I'd say four strips of the thinnest chicken. So like almost like that kind of chicken loaf you get from, you know, the supermarket, four strips of chicken loaf with like four tiny bits of bacon crumbled over the top. If it was bacon, it looked like that Mm -hmm. sort of faking stuff, (laughs) piled. With like a handful of Parmesan cheese, like on top of that, and then these croutons that were the size of like dice, like giant <laughs> croutons, all for the low, low price of fifteen pounds. And I was like, "Which is what, oh, like, man. 20, and dollars?
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly." And then I'm like, "And the and the lady serving, she was she, she was nice, but I got mm-hmm. the sense that like, all right, I I don't want to offend anyone now, and so." <laughs> Rather than just sort of being like like taking a bite or whatever and and leaving, I I just knuckled down. Oh, and that's the thing. It came with a a bowl and not, not like a little sauce dish, but like a bowl, like a breakfast bowl filled with Caesar dressing. Like can you imagine <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like you get a, a breakfast bowl of porridge, it was yeah. filled with Caesar dressing that I was apparently meant to put on top. Yeah. And so I sat there and like I ate the whole thing, but out of fear that if this is like a front for something else or, or, or like maybe the thinker cause you know, people think I'm an undercover cop all the time. Like, even though I'm there with a, like a, a toddler and stuff that maybe I'm there. Like I mean, that's a good, so I good cover,
1: right? Like to bring a baby yeah, exactly. along.
0: Turns out the baby's actually like a fully grown woman.
1: It's just like yeah. partners. <laughs> yeah. a master of disguise.
0: Yeah, <laughs> The baby's your boss. <laughs> Um, hey, Will, we should get back to The World's Dirtiest Man. Yes. You know that oh, sorry, article we started talking about?
1: <laughs> I forgot.
0: Okay. So this was uh, in The Age. Um, uh, uh, Campbell McDiam- McDiamid, uh wrote this article. World's Dirtiest Man dies after – what do you think caused him to die? What, what event happened before he died?
1: Uh, he had a bath or a shower. I know he
0: washed in some way. He had a bath. He had a bath. An Iranian man nicknamed The Dirtiest Man in the World I mean, is that a nickname? Like, you're not nicknamed the dirtiest man in the world, unless every time people saw him in the street, they're like, "Hey, dirtiest man in the world," which is not a great nickname.
1: Well, dubbed. I mean, uh,
0: it's uh, a man dubbed the dirtiest man in the world. Is it
1: unless correct? he was not cool to be sub editor? Unless he was cool with the nickname. Like, and uh, maybe he moved to a new school, and he's like, "At my old school, they called me the dirtiest boy in the world." <laughs> <laughs>
0: But is it a nickname? It's not really a nickname. It's like uh it's like a moniker. It's not really like a nickname is a uh, it tends to be a shortened version or uh, you know a shortened well, uh, pseudonym well, that people use to describe. Like
1: it. is is old, is old dirty bastard a nickname? I mean that's his rapping name I guess, like more than it's his yeah, nickname. Yeah, no.
0: That's a stage name. Yeah. Um What about well okay, The Rock, the most electrifying man in sports entertainment. That's not his nickname. That is a that's like a, a a slogan or something. That's like a just like a descriptor,
1: right? But the rock isn't also his name. His name is Dwayne. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. An Iranian yeah. man nicknamed the dirtiest man in the world yeah. for living in filth and not washing for decades has died at the age of twenty. Uh, twenty has died at the age of ninety-four. State media reported. Okay. Yeah, ninety-four. Amu Haji who did not wash for more than half a century, died on Sunday in the village of Dejga in the southern province of Fars' IRNA news agency reported. So then there's an accompanying photo, and I don't know, uh, Mike, you might want to find this and drop it to the chat so we all can see, but the accompanying photo in this article is what is clearly the world's dirtiest man. (laughs) Smoking four cigarettes at once.
1: Okay. And the caption just, is is that to dub the is that to just dull the smell a little bit? <laughs> just like <okay. laughs>
0: the caption is Amu Haji smokes several cigarettes as he sits on the ground in the outskirts of a village. Yeah, he's smoking several cigarettes. And maybe I think too, like what this smacks of is like I get this. There is some, you know, you just get, like you're talking before about during COVID, you just sometimes went through a phase where you're like. Yeah, like, I'm just not going to wash for a while. And then you go, well, I'm not going to wash for a while. Well, I'm going to eat whatever I want. Like, one thing begets the next. So if I'm not I'm not going to have a shower for 50 years, then smoking four cigarettes at once,
1: why not? You know, like, why not? I mean, it, 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 he made it to his mid-90s. Like, I mean, <laughs> he was doing something right. For decades,
0: he had avoided eating fresh food and showering over fears of getting sick. The yeah. agency and local uh, mm-hmm. uh, the the agency quoted a local official as saying, but for the first time in a, a few months ago, the villagers are taking him to the bathroom to wash. I mean, why start now?
1: It does seem weird that, like, after fifty years, like, like, yeah, like you said, just let him die in his own filth. Like, this is a guy who's. He's been working on this for a really long time. Like he'd be used to it. Like they they do say with your hair, right? Like if you stop washing your hair, there's a point where your hair, the natural oils and whatever, you never need to wash your hair again. Basically, it finds its own, yeah, natural balance. They say the same.
0: The same thing about deodorant. Like we actually shouldn't be wearing deodorant. That the your armpit is your body's thermostat, and that's how you regulate body temperature. And when you cover the the secreting glands in your armpits or you smother them, then your body can't regulate temperature which affects your immune system.
1: Yeah. So why if this guy's been working up a 50-year stank? Like, you know, he's he's comfortable with it now, right? Like if you see a clean dude smoking four cigarettes, you're like, hang on, mate, that doesn't seem right. But if you see a guy hasn't washed in half a century and he's, you know, sucking back four durries, you're like, good on you, man. Like you are living your own life. You've decided – what your lane is, and you've stuck to it,
0: living your best life. Like yeah. I wondered to. I mean, it's some uh, like at some point in human history, this must have been common, right? Like I imagine people water, not washing development. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Of course. And they were fine.
1: <laughs> I mean, God uh, is Not here. long
0: after he washed. <laughs> Not long after he was, he fell ill, and finally on Sunday, he gave up his life, the report states. Although Amuhaji had never married and apparently had no family. No, no that's fair enough. Shock, yeah, no, that's, yeah, that checks out. <laughs> the eccentric was viewed with some affection by local villagers who reportedly built him a cinder block shack so he'd stop sleeping in a hole in the ground.
1: Okay, that's nice.
0: <laughs> He'd become an object of curiosity in recent years, with people posting videos of his strange behaviour, which included smoking up to five cigarettes at once, or smoking dung from a metal plumbing joint. Now, see, this is what I'm saying: is like once kind of one thing's on off, oh. off the table, then it's all off the table, right? So, you know
1: what? I'm gonna I'm gonna really see if I can smoke that dung.
0: Well, is or is that more like is that a TikTok prank? Is that like eating Tide Pods or planking or? You know, wasn't there a thing where people were? Wasn't wasn't it called Leroy Jenkins? Kids were smoking their own poop to get high. Really? Sorry, Mike. I'm, I'm I hate to make you look this up. Yeah. you Just Google Leroy Jenkins or Leroy Jenkins, uh, like Urban Dictionary. I think it's there was a
1: people smoke their own a, poop. Something like
0: that. It was something to do with getting high, and I think it's called Leroy Jenkins or Leroy Jenkins, <laughs> or something like that. Uh, I might be Mandela <laughs> this memory, but I'm pretty sure Mike, if, if that brings up nothing, just like Google, like how do kids, kids getting high off their own turds. Or
1: something.
0: <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, Jenkin. All right. Okay. So Mike's found something. Oh,
1: okay. Jenkin. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I don't actually know. I, I don't know if, yeah. why the Leroy Jenkum came into it, but okay. So, I, I, yeah, I, I believe Jenkum had something to do um, with smoking your own poo or something Yeah, like Jenkum
1: that. is a purported inhalant and hallucinogen created from fermented human waste. Oh, okay. All did, right. So you you think if, that- this is what you've got to do. In the mid-1990s, it was reported to be a popular street drug uh, among Zambian youth. They would purportedly put the feces and urine in a jar or a bucket, seal it with a balloon or lid, then leave it out to ferment in the sun. Afterwards, they would inhale the fumes (laughs) created. In November 2007, there was a moral panic in the United States after widespread reports of Jenkum becoming a popular recreational drug in middle and high schools across the country, <laughs> although it might be a hoax, they're saying that in America it right. might have been a hoax. Yeah,
0: well, if, if as Joe Rogan reported on it yet, then we'll know that <laughs> it it's a complete hoax.
1: Wow! Wow! Okay,
0: but it makes it does make me think of that Chris Rock bit where he talks about you know if if it was discovered that licking a bullet fired from a gun would give you the best high ever then it would be the next day you'd see two people on the street like <laughs> getting ready to lick a bullet. Mike, have you got something to add on Len- on Jenkins? Yeah, I just saw this. Um- <clears throat> sorry got this. Oh, Are you Mike, getting sorry. emotional? Mike's really, really
1: choked up <laughs> the sorry, tonight. Oh, <laughs> man. He's just
0: taken a hit of Jenkum.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Tell us all about it.
0: <laughs> just saw this BuzzFeed article remembering Jenkum the greatest internet hoax. Oh,
1: okay. Ah, okay. Behold, the greatest trolling effort to make local news believe that teens were doing a new dangerous drug called Jenkum. Okay, okay. So there you go. It was a hoax in the – yeah, all right. That makes a lot of sense. That it. But originally it was clearly something that apparently they were doing as a street drug in Zambia. So I always think with those things, who's the first person who discovers it? Who's the first person who's put their poo and wee in a jar, whacked a balloon on top, left it out in the sun, and gone, have a whiff of this, you'll get off your head?
0: <laughs> yeah. But I think that about everything, like who is the first person to eat an egg and go, right. oh, that was awesome. I'm going to have another one of those. <laughs> like, <laughs> Everything about it is gross. <laughs> like it's disgusting But someone persevered to the point they're like, and hey, maybe if I hate this, it'll taste really good as well. I mean, it probably gave them some kind of like stomach cramp when they first ate it.
1: I mean, like let forget the egg. What about the dirty bird it comes out of? You know, people read in that. Like someone saw yeah. that dirty feathery bird and went, oh, that looks delicious. I bet if we pluck it and cook it, that'll be really tasty. Um, uh,
0: so it says, uh, among the law surrounding him, uh, it was claimed that he ate roadkill, preferring okay. rotten porcupine meat and drank five litres of water a day collected from puddles in a okay. rusty pail. Well,
1: that's, well, that's actually a- very hydrated. healthy. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. That's really yeah. good. I mean, wasn't it El McPherson who said she drinks six, six glasses of water a day? Mm. I don't know if it was from a muddy puddle, but, you know, <laughs> for...
1: that would be great horses if El McPherson horses. came out and said, My secret is I've been drinking from muddy puddles all my life. <laughs>
0: Despite this unorthodox lifestyle, his constitution remained robust until recently, with reports earlier this year of a team of doctors from Tehran, they examined him and found him to be in good health. That's like the classic thing though, isn't it? Every year there's a new story about, you know, Barry Bloggs is 95 years old and he's had a glass of red wine and a pack of cigarettes every day. Like there is that occasional, but there's Keith Richards to every generation of Keith Richards.
1: But this is like a whole different level. This is an extrapolation of that idea, and there is some science behind this. Which is, and this is what the worry is post COVID: that people have been so protected from other diseases during this time because we've been so conscious about COVID that there might be long-term effects on like immune systems for not being exposed to, like you know, the germs. Where this guy is the absolute opposite example of that he has been drinking out of puddles he's like eating rotten porcupines like he's smoking five durries at the same time he's been sleeping in a hole he's like getting high on dung (laughs) like he's lived to his (laughs) (laughs) mid-90s he's lived he's made it to the same age basically as the queen right? The queen would have eaten the best food, had access to the best health conditions. Like there would have been no one in the history probably of humans who have been alive, who have been better looked after than her majesty, the queen. Right. And this guy like lived in a hole and smoked shit. And made it as many years as she did.
0: <laughs> so although imagine if it turns out that Queen Elizabeth II was actually just doing a bit of jenkham everywhere. she died. Like, <laughs> oh,
1: no, <I'm> <laughs> no, that's what kept her alive. I was gonna say the official cause of death, Jenkum overdose. <laughs> yeah. Like
0: what do you think is happening in Big Ben? Yeah. That's just a big bloody Jenkum factory, mate. Like all the sewers in London lead to Big Ben and oh, just man. pipes. Pure Jankum straight into Buckingham Palace. Like, they just have great. compression sessions. The Windsors just lock themselves in Buckingham Palace. It's just pure Jankum twenty four oh, seven.
1: I mean, that is the sort of conspiracy that you could absolutely get going on the internet. Like that, the Royals have been feeding off the. They've had the waste of Londoners. Like, you know, right? all the poo and wee of the common people is getting piped under the palace where they all go down for group gencom sessions, which keeps them alive and healthy.
0: Um, my, I've noticed with my immune system, so I've been traveling for four weeks now, and I reckon I've been sick for three of those weeks, like, Started in New Zealand, got a cold when I was leaving New Zealand, flew to LA for a bit, flew from LA, and then I, I've just been consistently sick. I've been COVID testing the whole time because I, I kept thinking, oh, this is definitely COVID, or this is definitely COVID. Hasn't been COVID, but it's been every other like cold, chest infection, whatever. Like I've just been so, and Iona as well. Like Iona's had this persistent cough the whole time, I and mean, that is also toddlers, but it's like, oh yeah, my I just have not been exposed to this like range of viruses and microbes in so long that my and I was kind of annoyed, like, you know, not to sound like a like a Joe Rogan, but it's like I, I keep myself healthy. I take vitamins. My immune system should be I've got natural immunity will. I have no fucking natural immunity. No. I am
1: as well, you've got vulnerable to as a newborn. Sleep babe. in a hole. <laughs> yeah. Smoke <laughs> four cigarettes you've got at to once. Dig yourself a hole. <laughs> you've just got to go and sleep in it. Maybe there's something to this jenkum. Uh, you know, yeah, I'll find it out feels later. Like, um, it feels like this is definitely the sort of I think that you can only do if you're single, though. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if it's a chicken. <laughs> you think? <laughs> if it's a chicken and an egg situation. But it's going to be tough to find. Like, if you decided, you know what? Maybe this is the way. Like maybe you know, not washing, washing is the problem. I've been washing heaps and I'm still getting sick all the time. I've got to stop washing. and so you stop, stop washing, and then suddenly you're like, hang on, I'm not getting sick anymore, right? There is a point where you've either got to convince the rest of the family to get on board or they're going to leave you, right? Like, how many days do you think if you didn't wash for? Like, like like how would this go down? Walk me through. say you don't wash for say you don't wash for a week. Is that an issue? Are any questions asked if you haven't washed for a week?
0: I reckon I can – I mean, I probably have gone, like, I reckon three or four days before I start to get ripe, Um, even on this trip because we've been living in close quarters the whole time. Like, like I've got this pair of trainers that I've been wearing most of the trip and Jen was like, they have to fucking stay outside of the house. Like, you cannot bring them in. They are disgusting. And so – if, I, if that was emanating from my body, like, I, I mean, I don't reckon i get a week. I reckon a week uh, at the most. And I am a sweater too, and we've been traveling through all these different climates, and I've been Baghdad, so I'm lugging all the luggage as well. Like even getting through an airport, I get on the – so traveling from Portugal to London, going through two airports, carrying all that luggage that we bring with – like by the time I get on the plane, I'm drenched, like my my T-shirt is soaked, and I was sitting on the – I couldn't even stand my own smell Sitting on the plane. (laughs) So, yeah, I don't reckon I'd get a week. How how long do you reckon you'd go before you would raise alarms?
1: I mean, like I'm by myself a lot. Like, I think that I could go – well, I think at the moment I'm, like, filming television once a week, right? I think that realistically I could go the entire week in between. But obviously, for the television, I couldn't. I don't think that they would let me get in a suit that I don't own. That the national broadcaster owns. That the Australian taxpayers own that suit, Charlie. I don't own that suit. And I don't think they would let me roll into that suit without like putting me in the shower first.
0: I think yeah. The, the in the dirt, the Motley Crew memoir. There was a period in which like two of the guys in the band. I think it was like Tommy Lee and and uh uh, nikki six they had a competition to see who could go the longest without showering or washing their clothes and they went like six weeks and they were saying even then they were disgusting and these are guys who you know it wasn't like they were sitting stationary like they were having sex and going to parties and taking drugs and you know like so they were stinking they'll get in the sweats post you know heroin post alcohol sweats like I mean, the fact that they were having like sleeping with girls, like girls would want to sleep with them, and then they'd put on the same disgusting jeans that they haven't washed in over two months. But I think they got something along the lines of uh, two or three months of not not washing before it was like this is untenable. Like they can't do press, no press want to come interview you because you, you guys stink.
1: Do you think that there was anyone who looked at the world's dirtiest man and thought, you know what, I can change him? I like his style. I like that he's an independent thinker, but I think that I can change it. Women love a project. Yeah, right? They they love a fixer-upper. He's a bad boy. (laughs) Yeah.
0: He's a bad breath breath boy. Did you see that guy
1: eating that raw porcupine, that rotten porcupine over there? I like the cut of his jib. I mean, if the internet has
0: taught us one thing, it's there is- like a, k- a kink for everybody. That's so right. I'm, I'm, undoubtedly there would be women who'd like that's hot. I love the fact that this guy does not wash and can smoke four cigarettes. At once. Right. <laughs> that's that's all even, I've ever wanted in a man. There's a
1: guy who can suck back four dories at once. I don't mind well, he lives about, in like a hole. A, got any got you, any got any extra room in that hole
0: so <laughs> <laughs> you send a block home. Uh, I I think I I find like bad breath one of the most off-putting things yeah. ever. Like, there's there's certain people in my life who just have, for whatever reason, I don't know if it's like a dental condition or whatever, they just have bad breath, and I find it confronting and a hard thing to deal with. So, I if the shoe was on the other foot, I don't know how I'd go, how I'd go. If it was some kind of like incurable, what's that? The bad breath thing, halitosis. You know it's it's, um, halitosis, yeah. Okay, it would be. What different.
1: if the rest of it? Because, like, I mean, one of the, one of the things that gives you terrible breath, of course, is smoking cigarettes, right? That's one of the things that can give you bad breath. What if the rest of it's just a cover for his bad breath, right? Because the bad breath only stands out if the rest of you smells good, and the breath. <laughs> you smells think bad, really committed? Right? Whereas he's just like, if I just stink from head to toe, no one's gonna <laughs> notice my bad breath. Yeah, I mean, potentially. Like, it is
0: an odd tactic to take. (laughs) Like, I think, uh, too, there must be a point in which, like, I know when my dermatologist, because, you know, I've talked about how my skin just does weird things now. I just get like weird lumps and rashes and stuff. And my dermatologist says, oh, yeah, that just happens as you get older. Like, I imagine if you've built up this immunity to bacteria and stuff that you. Start creating your own ecosystem on your own body, right? Like they're kind it's its own you've got your own biodiverse playground happening on your body. So in a way, he's probably protected by that layer of filth. His body's used to it. And if you peeled I mean, it away I would with have, the
1: shower. I would have thought that's the case, right? Like, I mean, because again, like I mean I hesitate to talk too specifically about this one guy because clearly you'd imagine that he was like mentally ill in some way to like be in this situation. But he seems to have lived a long life, you know, with some sort of like, you know, support and affection from his community and stuff. I just am interested in the idea of, yeah, is there a point where it just gets into a natural balance? Like, is there a point where like just being dirty is, it kind of isn't, it doesn't feel gross or disgusting in the way that if you just immediately, if you go from being really clean to being like dirty or getting like a smell on you, it's very obvious. But after a while, if that is your natural state state of being, isn't it? Like with Toddy, one of the things with big dogs is they say because they have the double coat, like you're not meant to wash them in the way, like you know. So with Ramona, we we'll give her a bath, give her a wash, but like with those big dogs, you're not really meant to wash them regularly, you know, because they naturally, you know, maintain their, you know, so if she's really, if she's like, you know, rolled in something or whatever, you might like try to clean that off. But in a general sense that you don't wash them as regularly, um, they do kind of find a natural balance. So I'm just wondering if this dude like found, I think he might've found a natural balance. Is
0: it all opposites too? Like, If most people find, you know, dirty things gross and off-putting, does he find clean things off-putting? And then, like, does he listen to Kevin Bloody Wilson for light comedy, but if you want something really edgy and after dark, he listens to, I don't know, like, you know, the the music of Will Smith. I was going to say, clean comedy.
1: Yeah, that's his kink. Clean things, yeah. Like yeah, Jerry just, Seinfeld,
0: oh, like after so, dark,
1: I'm gonna listen to some Seinfeld, yeah. See him on the internet just looking at really clean things. He's like, oh, yeah, don't tell, don't tell anyone but this really yeah. gets me off. It,
0: it goes on to Pornhub and it says, like, people like, uh, like cleaning like the tops and stuff <laughs> using like JIF. <laughs> uh well let's get to our mailbag yeah. before we do that um we can tell people they can go to tofop.com to check out all our podcasts uh we have another one called fofop where will and i alternate as hosts um and and, 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 and because we're pre-recording this i have no idea who knows? week. but it's worth checking out there'll, Just be, go to there'll be someone good
1: on that one or the other of us are talking to uh oh we failed of course to talk about the band five again but there is two excellent episodes um uh, of you talking to Sammy Peterson, uh, the wonderful Sammy P, um, who has a Confession of the Idiots, which is a great podcast that I highly recommend you check out. Also, he did this improvised film that is like um, uh, like basically like a, you know, a best in show style. You know those films are like yeah, yeah. they they give yeah. the scenes, but then the actual like they're an improvised Gets. film. So he made this yeah. film called Fraud Festival. Have you seen it? No. Oh, this Fiona Lachlan one? No. this is you like, made a documentary no. about Fiona Lachlan. No, this is oh, okay. like it's basically like a parody of like the fire festival thing. It, it's a local government in Melbourne who are trying to throw this like, you know, big festival to like, you know, bring like it's a place called Cobert, I think. And the idea <laughs> is uh, they put up the, they mistakenly put up, somebody's done like a mock-up of the the poster and they put all these like big bands, like on the mock-up to show them what the poster might look like. And it accidentally gets posted and they sell 40,000 tickets to a thing that they have not booked, you know, Lady Gaga to perform at. And it's like got all these Melbourne comedians in it. It's all improvised. It's great. Like you can find it, just Google fraud festival. It's free to watch. Like it's on some website that you can watch it. I highly recommend it. It's Like it's not perfect because of the nature of it, like the budget and the fact that those improvised things are improvised. But it's fucking really, really, really great, and people should be talking about it more than they are. So it's called Fraud Festival. Check that out. But you guys talked about five. We will next time we talk talk about (laughs) five again because we have some. uh, We have a five update. (laughs) We have a five update, and well, you have a book out. Oh yeah, I have a book. It is called "I Am Not Fine." Thanks. Uh, you can uh, buy it in book form in Australia but you can order it um, uh, from Booktopia if you are overseas. Uh, there are some signed copies at Booktopia that you can order. There is an audio version if you are in Australia um, while we're doing plugs. My television show is called Question Everything. It has been so much fun this year. You can find all the old episodes on ABC iview um, and I have a couple other plugs, sorry. Um, I've been doing two live philosophy episodes at the Sydney – uh opera house as part of the just for last festival uh at the end of the year um two uh international comedy guests will be my guests for those live philosophies i would love to see people there and then in january my improvised shows at the sydney comedy store are on sale what you talking about will they're always fun and the comedy store is the place where i first started doing them sorry about all the plugs No, don't
0: apologize. Uh, This is from Sarah. She says, hey, team, long-time listener, blah, blah, blah. Firstly, as a 90s, 2000s teeny bopper, I've been really enjoying all the five talk. Well, you should definitely check out the two episodes I did with Sammy Peterson. Um, After hearing Charlie's Tales of how Iona loved it, I've started playing 100% late 90s pop to my three- and five-year-old. But my real reason for writing in is to let you know that a horse's height is measured to the top of their shoulder. A few times during the biggest horse in Norway, uh, biggest horse in the world, you guessed that it's to their head. It is not. Okay. Did you know that?
1: No. Well, clearly not, because we did... kept talking about it being to the top of the head. So, so. But why? 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 Nothing above the neck head, counts. Like, yeah,
0: it doesn't make any sense. That I mean, what if count. you have a very long-necked horse? Right.
1: Or, or if you it specifically count.
0: bred a long-necked horse? No, it doesn't count. Mm. Uh, this is from Molly. Hey guys, I was listening to Double the episode Double Metal this morning, my way to work. After a particularly tumultuous morning trying to get everyone out of the house, I was enjoying laughing along to the nonsense of how many magpies Charlie could fit on his shoulders on a plane. I found myself thinking how glad I was that I was alone in the car listening because anyone else would have thought this story was crazy. It reminded me of when I went into labor eight weeks early and I was being monitored on the labor ward. Everything had happened so fast I didn't have a ba- my bag and therefore no headphones. Mostly I was on my own in my room, so I was happily listening to Tofop on speaker while drifting in and out of sleep. You guys helped take my mind of how worried I was about the baby while I re-listened to the Bin Saga and a few other beloved episodes. The only issue was every time a midwife did come in to check <laughs> on me, it would be in the middle of some absolutely bananas story and I'd have to be quick to mute my phone or be faced with trying to explain what this podcast is and why I was listening to it, and she's come up with a slogan: okay. "Toefop, listen to it alone."
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because the hospital is the perfect place because we know we are the number one medical uh, podcast, like right? So, well, I- it's interesting you bring bring that up because she signs off, "Thank
0: you for all the laughs over the years from a doctor who's married to a doctor who both listen to yes! Toefop."
1: Another two. <laughs>
0: Australia's number one medical podcast. Number one with medical professionals. I mean, um, and that is Flop wow.
1: for this week.
0: It's pretty cool, right? Another two doctors. Yeah. We, uh, we, should, we should start like a database of all the medical professionals we have listening to the show. And that way, when you and I get sick, we can lean on them for some free healthcare.
1: I mean, with the amount that we've already unearthed, it feels like there are more medical professionals who listen to this show. Then people who listen to this show <laughs> and i know that's impossible <laughs> but it feels like that is the case i'm charlie clausen i well, have a landerson